Okay. That here's I, I I think the biggest problem with Barcelona is all the people who are above the manager. This is match week. You are joined by myself, Artie Amini. We discuss everything soccer from the highs and the lows in the sporting week to the news that is relevant to you. Welcome back. You are listening Top of the Hour on WMSC Upper Montclair. And this is Match Week. Guys, I'm back again today with Demetrios, the one and only. Demetrios, how we doing? I'm doing good, my friend. How are you? Good, good, good. It's great to hear you. Now, today, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have a guest show up around 11 o'clock. Someone newer. Of course, this time, at least our guest gave us a heads up. Most of the time, everyone just runs late just because they want to run late. But, you know, we work from there. We move on. But here is what we're going over today. We're going to do a quick recap of the weekend's games as, you know, with international break coming up, we're not going to have much games to talk about. So let's talk about the results while we can, even though half of the games were postponed. Makes no sense still, but whatever. England for you with the Queen. Um, Not only are we going to be covering the English uh, games, just we're going to do a quick recap in the rest of Europe, see what major results uh, catch our eye, and we're going to go from there. Now, Demetrios, what's this first game in mind that intrigued you over the weekend? Oh, the Arsenal-Brentford game. Of course. We're going to be Arsenal, bro. But, I mean, rightfully so, because Brentford has been the team where they've been pulling results out of nowhere. Um, They've been genuinely able to piece themselves together well. Obviously, with the the win against Manchester United, granted, it was a horrendous United side at the time. But still, being able to get a victory like that over a bit a top six team is still impressive. Yeah, and the way like they shut set up like their shape also, it's like a a three five two, and how they press and sometimes they'll um they'll man mark the ball. But the way like Arsenal was playing, they were like set up in like a four two three one, but then when they would transition, it'll be like a a a two three five with the wing backs tucking in into the middle. And their passing range will turn into like a weird like diamond shape. So a lot of the times Brentford they'll drag them to one side, and then boom, one pass to the other side of the field, it'll just switch on. And like the first ninety seconds, Martinelli should have buried that chance. He didn't. Yeah, but he still had a filthy goal though. Uh, but uh, no, it was Martinelli. It was like like Jesus. Uh. Yeah, Jesus had the header. Um, it wasn't Martinelli from distance place place it in off the bar, bro. Was he with? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah but yeah, Kyle Saka sets him up. He's like top of the D. Just straight whips it to the right side. It hits the right post into the goal, bro. Like, it's crazy. Martinelli's been hitting new levels this season, one hundred percent. Yeah, he didn't, even, he didn't even get called up. None of the Brazilians no. on the team got called up to the. Brazil. Are you serious? Jesus, Martinelli, and um, Gabby in the back. They didn't get no calls up. Wow, that I, that's I crazy. Gabby, Jesus, that's. Here's the thing, that's the person who's been a mainstay in the national team, which I've been very surprised. Like I'm not really surprised about, but it's been 50-50 for him. Martinelli, you think with the season he's having so far, like that guy just, you know, strike the iron while it's hot, right? Just take advantage of it. Yeah. And then Gabby, I mean, it's tough. There's a whole bunch of Brazilian defenders that can make it over him. I mean, so over Jesus and Martinelli, who got called up over him? Did Richarlison get called up? 
or it was Anthony Matthias Kuna who Kuna yeah from, yeah for some reason you can't get the back of the neck yeah this other guy from Flamingo and I, I don't even know it was another guy from Flamingo that I mean he's doing well down there I guess and um, Rafinha just uh, wait Rafinha is in Barca Rafinha yeah Barca okay. Rafinha and I think someone else from the Brazil League they all got called up do you think that he's just trying to that Brazilian manager is just trying to test out like different I, players I think so because there's yeah. there's no rational reason why you don't call up Martinelli and Gabby Jesus if they're having this type of like you know form yeah I think that's I think that's the reason why I think um, he just wants to see um, other players play because I think like this World Cup I think the, the roster might be an, a little bit bigger like an extra player or two so he's trying to like, yeah because of Qatar and the because I think they ha- is it, is it going to be a five sub World Cup yeah I think so yeah but especially because with the heat in Qatar I think they're going to do water breaks just how they did with, in Brazil 2014 mm-hmm. so see what happens from there I mean here's the thing the biggest result for me over the weekend had to be Spurs versus Leicester 6-2, Huming Sun comes off the bench, scores a hat-trick. I mean, this game really ruined my FPL 110%. <laughs> um, I was not expecting the this to be such a big blowout. Um, if I had known that, I would have been like everyone else and got Son and Kane. But, you know, we, we live and we learn. It's I think fine. Son had to prove himself. You kept, like, for so long, he was always always on the team sheet. No matter what, and then the I, second, I, like I, I, I think, came. I think just because he's had like such an off start to the season, I mean, and rightfully so, he's allowed that because when when there's someone who constantly like is scoring goals for your team, like last season was like tied for Golden Boot winner, most of the majority of the goals scored off his weak foot, like yeah, basically so like doing everything he can to make sure your team is scoring. I think he's allowed that beginning of the season break and readjustment to a newer style team that he has now. That's that's the one person, in my opinion, that's allowed, like, hey, like, get off the leash a bit, give him a break. Yeah, because the amount of times, a couple, like, I'll say even last season, in the season before when Harry Kane got injured, he was, he became, he's not even really a number nine, he's like a winger, and they put him up there and he was still scraping so, out wins, yeah, like, single-handedly by himself. And I wouldn't think he got a hat trick. I was, I, I, I was, I flipped through the channel, and I was like, cause I, um, I was still kind of catching up on watching that Newcastle Bournemouth game. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. So when I swept over, I already knew Leicester was gonna lose. Leicester, I, I knew they were gonna lose, but I didn't think it was gonna be a six-two. I mean, yeah, cause they bad. lost five-two to Brighton, and I thought like, oh, okay, you know what? We'll fix ourselves up a bit. Let's bounce back. Nope, no bounce back whatsoever. And then when he just get that when he just got that sub and he got like a hat trick in what like 12, 13 minutes or something like that. Yeah. And that, I, that here's the thing. It. I think benching Huming Sun does a lot for that Spurs team. Because if everyone sees like, oh wow, like they're benching Sonny. Like this guy has been like a mainstay for how long? Like then it'll be like make everyone else think like, oh, then like I can get benched as well. Like I'm replaceable. So it makes everyone else like work harder. Okay. I think that's like that's such a Conte type style of coaching that is really beneficial to the rest of the team and also just shows like the depth of their bench yeah that they can just bench a player like that and because another team can you know the psychologically if they're like like one nil up and then they bring someone else on and um they bring on sonny they're just like oh man now we got this guy got fresh legs We've yeah been playing for like 60 minutes straight so it can really like do another team bad mentally. I mean, especially with how much their defense has been slacking lately, 
with losing Wesley Fofana, having injuries, losing like ha- having players like Suyuncu not really performing. Uh, Leicester, I think, haven't been helped out in the transfer market personally. Of course, with losing players like Casper Schmeichel has been such a big part of that team for God knows how long. But then it's also not helping, not having a manager that's good enough, in my opinion. Like I don't think I don't think Brendan Rodgers was ever the manager to bring Leicester to a different level, ever. Yeah, but then I look at it, I'm like, who else is gonna come to like Leicester? I mean, here's the thing. thing. Uh, I I if here here's the thing I always talk about because if you see Leicester's recruitment, they're always spot on. Like with any player they bring in, bring in players like James Madison, Patson Daka. Bring in the Indidis, bringing in the Fofanas. Because Fofana, think about it. This is only going to be his second actual playing season in the Prem. Because last season, ACL, season before that was his first season playing in the Prem. So for him to be sold for 80 plus million, and that's another thing. Any manager that goes there knows they're they're gonna have financial backing. Because that club is always in the green when it comes to get it when it comes to the transfer market. Yeah. And every time they replace a player. They get a player that's like uh, somewhat a little bit not like the same level, but a little bit below that can probably get to that same level. Yeah, they they always find the raw talent, hundred and ten percent. But then again, I, I make that point with Brendan Rodgers because because when when the when I'm trying to think of the right way to explain it, because most fans gonna be like, oh, you just don't like Brendan Rodgers. Like that's not the case. I just don't think that with Lester, who can who has shown they can be on the cusp of being a top four top six side like they've won the prem like they've made it to top six numerous times like they're not just a basic low-level threat it's it's a yeah it's a team that has a lot of potential and i I think when it comes to brendan rogers you just see that there's two things one there's never a consistent style with him like there's a different formation week in week out and there's no specific play that you see his team like indoor or that they process with because a lot of times it's just uh, either finding a certain player spreading it out or in the defense praying that Johnny Evans and Wilfred and Didi saves you like that's that's what it's looked like and then hoping that Vardy is still old enough to keep running like young enough to keep running you know but it's just I look at the team and they have like you said Jamie Vardy Yuri Tillemans Jason Madison they got Harvey Barnes. They have Wilfred Ndidi. They have um, James Justin, who got called up to England. Yeah, right? he's a left back. I'm, and, I'm intrigued um, with him. They have a pretty decent midfield with Dennis Pra. They have um, yeah, Bubba but Dennis Carson. Pryat. That's oh, what were you gonna say, Dennis Pra? Yeah, Dennis Pryat. I'm trying to think because he's good, but then again, I think that's where I think he falls under that category of replacing somebody that is a little lesser talent. So I thought I thought he was brought in to replace the Tielemans because they just assumed they were going to lose him. But now Tielemans is still there, and you already know that the player doesn't want to be there, so now it's throwing off the dynamics within the team, you know? Yeah, there's the, you can tell there's not a happy camp behind that. No. Because there, everyone starts losing, then people can start blaming each other. Yeah, but also then, it doesn't help when the manager is just like week in, week out in interviews, just like, yeah, this team is just like, not good enough like they suck and it's just like a player hears that they're gonna be like oh when they're home and they're watching Monday Night Football and they see the replays of Brendan Rodgers saying that like how is that gonna help you you know doesn't doesn't help at all yeah that's why I I personally don't think yeah he's he's not good enough to be managing this lesser side how many times they 
they lost like what six times now, like six. I don't think they. Well, there's they only been won. six games in the prem now, six uh, or seven games. I, I think so. And they, and they, they, I think they. I don't know if they drew. Or I thought they, they drew won. one and then they lost the rest. I have to like check that out real quick because they're twentieth. Yeah, they're they're bottom of the league because they haven't won anything. They've drew once, lost six times, conceded twenty two goals. Yeah, they have a negative twelve goal differential. That's terrible. Here's the thing. The sad thing is that Nottingham Forest has a has a win over Leicester, <laughs> and like Nottingham Forest's only issue is that they're vetting in twenty players that they bought in yeah, the window. Which, so it, that's insane. It's like, gonna take a long time for everyone to gel together. Yeah, but then I I think the precedent that's been set with teams like Newcastle last season, where they lost fourteen games in the beginning of the season, and they were able to bounce back and stay up to like thirteenth and twelfth. I think with a Nottingham, that's what they're hoping for. They're hoping just to have a vetting a vetting period, letting players adjust to the league, figure out their positions and everything, and then they think they're going to have that bounce back like how Newcastle I think, did. like, for Steve Cooper, who's the manager over there, I think his main objective is don't get relegated. Well, like, Steve, you can end up in 17th place, just don't get relegated. If, if there's one manager you want to have with random loans and a whole bunch of new signings it's and stuff, guy. it's Steve Cooper. That's what he did to get himself to the prep right last season bringing in players like James Gardner and and such and and co from a whole bunch of different like youth setups like James Gardner was a Manchester United youth player came played really well played really well under him like he can develop young talent very very well that's the one manager I would trust to do that I mean Man City 3-0 like is Holland just a different beast I mean granted Wolves had a red card right yeah but Within that first minute, that Grealish goal, bro. Yeah, it was so good. That De Bruyne ball. Oh, that guy is just a different level. I don't understand. I have to like take it back because I remember I was telling friends when Darwin Nunez came to Liverpool and Erlen Holland came. I thought that Erlen Holland was going to be like minimum ten goals this season. I was like, yeah, no way. I swear that my my other friend was like, yo, he's going to get like 30, 35 more, and I was like, nah, Darwin Nunez. Is because I seen him at the Portuguese league, like he was yeah, good, yeah. and like, but then once I saw like that game, once he he was playing Crystal Palace, and like he got that head when he um got that red card, red card from um from the defender, um I think it was Anderson that he hit. I think he did he headbutt him or like I think I it was something that he did. And once I saw that, I'm like, and then I saw Allen play, I was like, uh, yeah. Well, well, of course, like uh, look, so I'm actually here. We predicted that Holland was gonna score a minimum of 17 goals. Minimum. We thought that was because the Golden Boot winner got the Golden Boot for 17 goals. Yeah. We thought, okay, Holland's definitely getting the minimum right there. Like, <laughs> that's the bar, and he's going to blow it out of the water. Like, that City team, just having De Bruyne and Erling Holland in your team will win you any game. Or you won't, you will not drop points, like significant points with those two in your team. It was, yeah, I think he's going to get. 40 overall this whole season. 40? I, think, I don't know. I think, I think. Because. My man has like 12, 13, 12 goals now, right? 13 I, goals. I know, but like, can, here's the thing, can you keep scoring, You, I don't think you can keep doing back-to-back hat-tricks like numerous times throughout the season. Because I, I, I think teams are going to slowly figure out how to mark out Holland maybe. Because obviously it's a new player in the league and teams are going to take their prior experience against playing against a player and then they're going to adjust. But the issue is that when you play against a city, it's like sure maybe you could take out a Holland, but you're not going to take out the the nine other players they have on the field that'll score goals against you, whether it's a defender, a midfielder, or another attacker. 
Yeah, it's just Man City is just too much of a well-oiled machine. Well, I I think this is going to go into our topic later we're going to discuss, but Man City have sort of gone through the tiers of becoming a top-level side, and I'll explain that later, but right now they're at, like, the pinnacle of what it means to be the top team, you know? That's an elite team right there. Yeah, they are. I mean, I mean, here's the thing, right? Wolves looked uh, surprisingly better in the second half with only ten men. Yeah, they wow. they only held up to only one goal in the second half against City, which kudos to them. But still, lose a three nil loss. Yeah, th- that that Grealish goal within like the first minute was was just crazy. But Wolves is in trouble too. Like the way they play, I don't know. I man. mean, like, like uh, Maz, shout out to you, but like, yeah, shout out Maz because he loves Wolves. But I said this from the get go: Wolves has no attacking threat in that team. Raul Jimenez just isn't the same. Gonzalo Guedes, he's not going to get you goals. No, he wasn't barely getting goals in La Liga. Yeah, like, he, he's, he's not a goal scorer. He's a creator. And then you have Pedro Neto, and you can't expect everything to fall onto him. Well, yeah, he's you, only, you, like, you, what, 21, 22 years Yeah, old? like, he's a talent, and you're sadly going to lose him within the next series and get bought by somebody. But you, you can't expect Pedro Neto just to be scoring you goals on top. It's not going to happen. Yeah. And um, now they got Diego Costa. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I started to laugh. I was like, I mean, they need someone like that. I think in in the in the locker room, like they so need do. someone with that like with that guile that like rounds like rouses people up and stuff. But like also, that. I I think, I think also I think also what was it the 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 Sesco guy they bought in the, in the summer that like six seven striker that got injured. Um, from Bundesliga. Uh, I forgot. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, the Bundesliga yeah, guy. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's injured right now. Yeah. I I think honestly not having him does make a difference, because he also we we're not seeing a Damatrauri play. That's a big difference as well. Someone who did very very well at Barcelona. I I think again it, this is also a manager issue. I just don't think that Bruno Lage, Bruno Lage is just yeah. the guy for them. He really isn't. Not at all. Because the way he was playing at um. Benfica. Yeah, but it was only one. It was his first ever like outing, though. That was like his rookie season as a coach. But like they were, he was doing pretty well with Benfica. Like they had him playing wide, or maybe like you know, maybe he doesn't have the players to facilitate that. Or I, I think he does. I think a lot of these Portuguese players are very technical. Well, I, I, like. I, I think some of these managers, though, when you're out of Wolves, you have to sort of adjust your style with the personnel that you have, right? Plus, it's the Premier League. It's yeah, plus it's the Premier League. I mean, you're gonna need like you're gonna need an Adama. Like he might not be the best technically, but he is a brute. Like he's a he's he's a big guy. Let's let's not forget. Like he's he's yoked. <laughs> yeah, and he keeps saying it's like yo, I don't I don't lift weights. I don't. I was Get like, I don't, yeah, he here, says that. I was bud. like, I don't know, man. The dude is huge. Yeah, I mean, and then also like letting go of someone like a Connor Cody, I think was a Big hit to yeah. this side. That was like the captain. I don't even know why they let that go. I don't know. I mean, now looking at him at Everton, like he's looking class right now. Um, like the other, the other thing is that he's trying to switch them to a four three three when they're so used to playing at a five at the back. And I just don't expect this team to be able to, like the two center backs, just like they're too youthful to be expected to handle a four at the back job that easily. Like. Yeah. Like, Max Kilman is a young guy. He came up. He's only 25. He came up from the... Championship? I think? No, no, no. no. Well, no. he was originally, actually, in in the England national futsal team. Oh, yeah. He came up from futsal, which is impressive on his own right. 
but then come into play in the big league. And then you also have Nathan Collins, who is 21 years old from Ireland, just a young lad. That's right, young from, lad. Um, from Burnley. Yeah. I mean, I just think that they're taking the wrong approach. And when it comes I to think this, team. this way it keeps going, I think he, he might get the sack. Uh, I mean, hey, my, my, my Premier League predictions, Wolves were getting relegated. So, Oh, you think so? Uh, I said that because I, I saw these glaring issues, but everyone's like, oh, no, bro. They brought Grishel Gittes, bro. They're going to be okay. No, I knew that. Back. Like You can see the issues from last season where yeah. like, they started just slowly crumbling away. But And I, I, and I think that Bruno Lage benefited by how much of Nuno's, like, old philosophy was still in those players. Like, how long they were, like, trained under him. You still saw those spurts of Nuno ball under those players. And I think that's where Bruno Lage got lucky to be ordered, in order to really have that, like, effect and be beneficial in that regard. I think, on a side note, I think with Nuno, I think he regrets leaving Wolves. I think he should have stayed there, like, two, three more seasons longer because he was actually getting them into Europe. Yeah. And he was doing well. And then now he's playing ball in uh, was it Saudi Arabia now. Yeah? Yeah. So, like, his stock completely crumbled after time. Well, yeah, because, I mean, that's also Tottenham's fault. Why are you hiring Nuno when you say you want to play a free-flowing attacking football? Like, that's the opposite of Nuno. Nuno is a Mourinho-like defensive, defensive yeah. coach. Oh, God. All right. I mean, Bournemouth 1-1 to Newcastle. I mean, obviously, getting rid of Scott Parker, your, your Bournemouth team's going to play better. Scott, Scott Parker is a horrendous coach, plain and simple. Yeah, he's the coach that you need to um, – he's good enough to bring you up into the from the championship to the Premier League. But I mean, he's just a championship manager. Like, that, some guys, they're just going to be at that level until they learn how to get better. And like, he's, still kind of, he's still young. He's like like – 39. Yeah, but here's the thing, like, Eddie Howe, right? Eddie Howe. Yeah, he, he took Bournemouth from League 2 all the way to Premier League. And then, like, he, he was in the Prem for, like, three seasons, and they finally dropped, and he got the sack. And instead of going into a new job right away, he took, like, two or three years of just learning, like, going to other clubs, like, sitting in there sort of like an intern and just, like, watching clubs and, like, seeing their philosophies. And we see it now because this is a whole new... Eddie Howe under at Newcastle, right? Yeah, and he has the money now, too. But yeah, plus he has the financial backing. I mean, granted, here's the thing. When you play against a Bournemouth and you're in Newcastle now, there's sort of that expectation of like, hey, you should be getting results now, sort of. Like, they're on that level that Leicester was, I think, like two seasons ago. Like, they're, we're expecting more from you now. I mean, they drew like a couple times. I know that. Like, they drew a couple well, times. Well, like, Newcastle only have five, yeah. have one win, five draws, and one loss. And granted, one of those draws was against Man City, where at one point they were looking like the better team. Yeah, and then Erling Holland decided, like, okay, I'm having fun now, score some goals. Because they drew to Crystal Palace, they drew to Wolves, and they drew to Brighton. Yeah. So, I mean, I think they're going to stay up. I, I think, like, maybe, like, 10th, 11th, 12th place for them. But I think um, what Newcastle's doing, I think they're doing the same thing that Man City did when they got money. They got like a, they got like a decent level like manager. Not saying like Eddie Howe's like, I don't think he's like top tier yet. But I think once he gets that foundation, like all nice and running, then then they're gonna go get like a manager of a higher caliber to be like, yeah, we have this money. Now bring us into like Europe. So I think they're gonna do the same route as like City did. 
Yeah, I mean, but there's also that issue of having to rely on players like St. Maximin all the time. Not like because usually he has a lineup, but he doesn't have the bench at the current moment, right? Like he's sort of like trying to figure that out. Because in order to be a great team in the Premier League, you have to have a solid eleven and a solid bench as well. And when you have players like Matty Willick still playing for you, like who was under the old old guard, wasted thirty five million on him. Like, what do you? Oh, expect? Joe Willick. It was yeah. brother Matty Willick. My yeah. apologies. But, I mean, yeah. Like when when you expect like, like he's a solid player, obviously. But then when you're bringing the likes of Bruno Gimaret, national. Like mainstay right now, but like yeah, yeah. So talk about him at Lyon. Like he was playing in the Champions League. He was bossing up midfields in the Champions League. It's not like he's just some Joe Schmo they bought from the Championship. Nah, he, he like running the. He's like that. He's gonna be that midfield mainstay for at least in a couple years over there at Newcastle. They're gonna start 100%. building around him, and stuff. There's also another team that's sort of performing above expectations, and that's Everton against West Ham. Now, West Ham, what do you think the issue is with West Ham right now? Because they brought in Lucas Paqueta. They have Jared Bowen. They have Declan Rice. They brought in Skamaka as a striker. They brought in Carrer at center back. I mean, they've, uh, I mean they've they also brought players, in, like, man. Dwight Mate. Oh, wait. They also brought in uh, Cornet from Burnley. They got Emerson. They also have they still have the likes of Craig Dawson and, and stuff on the bench. Like where where do we see like them finding their place? Because I don't think you're you're gonna win anything if you're still relying on a Pablo Fornals and a Mikel Antonio. Well, they got like um, John Lucas Camata from yeah. They got him to kind of replace. I don't know if replace Antonio, but honestly, I don't even know what's going on over there. Like. The past two, they almost got into Champions League. I remember that. Yeah. And then West they, Ham they, and they Champions made, They made League. the semifinals for Europa League. Yeah. Like, I don't know if they're still like on that high from like you know going so far, which they shouldn't. But I think I know about Lucas Pacata is um he's kind of like an ego player from what I've read. That well, him, him, and they're yeah. like best friends. Yeah, that's why. So maybe Lucas is like, man, I should have went to Newcastle. Maybe he's going with that, but. I think he wanted to be in London, you know, being compare Newcastle to London. It's like not because, like, day. if you watch the game at the weekend, like Paqueta looked solid. I just think that Jared Bowen looks a little off, and it still seems like there's that. I'm trying to think of the word. Um, there's it still looks like there's this like like eerie feeling of like what's going on with Declan still. Like that's still it looks like it's still there. I just feel like. So it's sort of like in that game, in the games they've been playing, it looks like they're trying to adjust not having Declan in the game, even though he's playing at that moment. Yeah, but Declan, I think after this World Cup, I think he's going to, the people are going to start buying him after. I think by next summer, I think they're going to, people are going to, they'll put up like the 70 million, that English tax at 80 million. Or the 100 million dollars. Because don't forget, it's 80 million pounds. Yeah. So. It's 100 million dollars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, that. you heard the price about Jude Bellingham? Jude Bellingham is. It's so good. Beyond good. They, I think Dortmund's like minimum 150 million euros. Yeah. Because he, he has no release clause. He, yeah, but when does his contract expire? 
I think maybe two, three years from now. I think next summer will be the like two years. Because if he's that young, let him play for two years at Dortmund. Why? Not like it's not gonna it's not gonna help your team getting him right away. I think Liverpool is gonna get him. Well, Liver- okay, I think so Liverpool has to reset that whole. So, so Liverpool is gonna be in the next discussion. Because um, well, before we before we talk about that, is there any other games you want to talk about on the weekend? I mean that Nottingham Forest one. I I, also, I, I feel like we didn't even talk about Everton enough. I think Everton bringing back Idrissa Gane, Alex will be finding this new like oh, yeah. he's finding this new role where he's not he's playing as like a number eight now, and he's so good, and he looks solid in the midfield. And then bringing in the likes of Connor Cody and James Tarkowski as their center back right. options. And those are very good center backs, very reliable, very good. They really they really don't even get injured. I mean, also no. getting Dwight McNeil from Burnley, I feel like that's a nice outlet to have. To not always have to rely on like Anthony Gordon and uh, Damari Gray, like it's nice to have different outlets and different options. They got that new kid from um, Leo, Onana. Yeah, yeah, he's he's very good. But also, well. James Gardner, why is he on the bench? He should be starting. And they got that's yeah. the one piece of business I was upset about the fact that United let him go. So angry about it. I was so so angry because. He just, oh man, he, he like he was just he's so a good midfielder. But man, like, dude, like, like I wouldn't be saying this if like not even just as because he was like a he's a United youth or whatever. Like his his season in playing for Nottingham was just so impressive that I think teams are just overlooking it. Like the fact that a player was able to do that in the championship is the equivalent of what Jude Bellingham was able to do for what was it Bristol? No, um, Birmingham. Birmingham. City. Yeah, Birmingham City. They retired his number, bro, at sixteen years old. Because of what he was able to do in that one season, like think about that. And the thing is, I remember when I, I used to, I watched sometimes the championship, and I was really interested watching like Nottingham, like how good they were. He played like almost every game. Yeah. That season, like, and he was scoring goals. And and just so the audience understands, the the championship season is like it's, forty plus games. And there's games every two three days. Yeah. So what in the championship, each team plays about 45, 48 games. Yeah. And out of like those twenty four teams, um, maybe like fifteen of them are good enough to go up. So yeah. like every game is like, like well, a final. We we say we say fifteen of them can go up, but like realistically, maybe like, I'll say like two. out of that fifteen, maybe I know two are like the most standout. But a lot of those other teams, if you look at the table all the time, they're always like a point off or two points off. So even a draw is like yeah. a loss. I I think the thing is is that like because of how much money is being put in the Premier League now, the gap between a Premier League level side and then a championship level yes, side yes, yes. is just gonna keep widening and widening and widening and widening until it just gets like superiorly ridiculous. Cause look at Bournemouth in the beginning of the season. Like I mean they, they, they didn't even spend no money. Like I could yeah, see the players. Because I, I could see the actually from the Bournemouth side of it, just like, hey, like let's get this money from the Prem. Just take these losses on the chin, make our money and when we get back, we build. That's it. At least I would, Nottingham Forest, the, the the guy who owns it, he also owns Olympiacos. So he was probably like... Nottingham Forest is like... They actually won Champions League twice back in the day. Oh, yeah, they're back like, in the day. Yeah, they're yeah, like yeah. a big... They're actually like a big, big, like... If we're talking team. about historically, Nottingham Forest is historically one of the best teams to play in England, yeah. So I think they want to stay up. I think, I, I think they're going to stay up. I don't think they're really going to... I don't think they're going to... I think just because of, you know... All the new players they got, all those 20 players... Jay Ling's my guy. Yeah. I, am I the only person that loves Jay Ling Garden? Like, no, nah, uh, you know what it is? I think... TikTok player. 
Get out of here, bro. No, I, I like he should. Here's the thing: if it was as soon as the season ended, like going into the next season, a hundred percent I agreed. But the fact that he was at United for too long, I think that's when he needed to go to a new club. I think Newcastle would have been a better fit for him than uh than a Nottingham at the current moment. But imagine being known as the player who kept Nottingham Forest up from the drop, right? Like I think that was the more appetizing thing for him was that would you rather go to a Newcastle where they have a lot of money, they're gonna finish middle of the table, or would you much rather go to a Nottingham Forest, take a chance and keep them up? And a lot of people are saying, oh, the paycheck, the paycheck. But realistically, anywhere Jesse Lingard would have went, he would have brought in a substantial paycheck. Yeah, and it's like a one-year contract for him, right? Like one. And he's paying, he's getting, he's, I don't know if he's getting paid the same amount he is at. Uh, I think it's 150K. Which is a lot. Yeah, he's probably the most, but he's that's the also pounds. Yeah. So let's convert that to America. It's probably like $200,000. Yeah, so he's, he's, he's doing well. I mean, you're like... Some people think he went for the money. I don't know if he really went. But like, there if for the if you if if he was to go somewhere for the money, he would have gone to Newcastle, where like for every five goals you get like a ten million dollar bonus or something, like because of the money they have, like. So. And if all, if it was also about the money, he would have just re-signed for Manchester United and stayed on the bench. But I think he wanted to leave there. I think he was. Yeah, there I, for but too that's long. what I'm saying. If if this is a money incentive move from him, then that's where I see that going. But someone like a Jesse Lingard, he wants to play. Like, he wants to feel like a valuable player. And I think at, at Nottingham Forest, he sees himself as a valuable player and, like, as an important player. Like, oh, if I do this right, then this whole club will be going in the right direction. Maybe. I think that's what he's looking at. Mm-hmm. Shout out Jesse Lingard. Jalen. If you want to get interviewed, match week's here for you. Yes, sir. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Please. <laughs> um, so then, oh, was there any other games around Europe that we could that you were sort of interested in at all? Um, I think one that made me laugh a little bit was Sheriff against uh, was it, was it no did Sheriff no I don't think did Sheriff play Manuel that was like an older game with uh, uh yeah they they played the Europa League on Thursday and all I just laughed was like the way the Sheriff's um stadium looks and they have like this weird um Soviet Union like apartment complex yeah building dude over it. And you just see Ronaldo just like looking around. He's like, he's "Where like, am he's I, like, bro? I'm really here right now." Hey, but Real Madrid was there last season for the Champions League, so I can say that. But like, I don't know. Sheriff is like, I don't. That whole team is just weird. It's yeah, like owned by this weird like conglomerate. I think over there, I don't know what's going on. No, United game. I mean, they won. They won, and it was it was a solid team performance. But yet again, I'm just worried about what the team looks like when Cristiano Ronaldo's in the team. Because, like, for some reason, we just look way different every time he's in the lineup, and I don't understand it. Different, like, like, like we, 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 No, like, different, like, we play different. Like, when we played against Arsenal, we had a free-flowing, like, front line constantly moving around, and the reason why we were able to score against you was be, because every time the players were rotating in and out, in and yeah, out, all that all that space was separated between Gabriel and Saliba slowly, slowly, and slowly for just a one runner to go into the middle and just score a goal. Oh, he's really okay. Um, ladies and gentlemen, we have a guest here today. Hello, hello, how we doing? Water. Let's get him on and going. You're a little early. I was expecting you at 11, but yeah. it's fine. Thank you, Ben. Appreciate you. How are we doing today? I'm doing, I'm doing sir. great, thank you. Here, if you don't mind, just taking a seat right there. Yeah, sure. We got the mic on. We're currently live. 
Okay, should I? Oh uh, yeah, you can talk into the microphone if you want. Uh, you just make sure you like you can pull it down, grab it from here. Thank you. There we go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? If you don't mind introducing yourself to the audience, it'd be very appreciative. Sure. Uh, my name is uh, Jaime Greenberg. I am uh, a professor of educational foundations here at Montclair State University. Nice, nice, nice. Now, uh, just just to give us a little bit of a preference, like how long have you really been invested in the game? Like how long have you been watching like football for? Since I have memory. This is I was born. I think that my first toy uh, that I receive, that I have memory of, is a, what you call in English soccer, football, a, 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 a football ball. Right? Don't worry. Uh, when you're here, you can say football. We are. We have the we have the proper terminology <laughs> here. We're all good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, since I have memory, I have been playing and uh, I, I, I was uh, lucky to be uh, you know a, a member of the team of my high school uh, at some point uh, uh, we play um, then those were difficult times I, I was born in Argentina and mm-hmm. I lived also in Uruguay for many many years so um, not that, that not that I was great, but I yeah. I mean I don't know. I mean like a lot of South Americans say, oh I wasn't that good at football. Meanwhile, they'll, they'll, they'll play. dude, dude, they'll pull up to like Sunday league and just like sauce you very easily, <laughs> no matter what age. Yeah, well because I mean the same way that an American kid will start with the you know the baseball and the globes and this type of thing, that's what we did. And more than that, uh, and it's a probably different time, different generation. But we will end school and we will go. You know, and, and play soccer, and and not officially. We'll just we'll take off our shirts, so one team will be shirtless, and the other team will have a shirt yeah, on, yeah. and and then we will just improvise some uh, goalies there, and and just play. And if there was nobody to stand on the goalie, we would make a reduced, smaller size uh, goalie, so that would be a little bit more difficult to. You know, just shoot from a distance and yeah. and converse since there is no goalkeeper, and that was part of the game on weekends uh, Sunday mornings I used to go back when I was living in Montevideo in Uruguay as an adolescent I uh, we will meet together take the bus walk a couple of kilometers to reach this uh, uh, place that have some very good facilities and and we will be playing soccer since I don't know 9 30 10 in the morning uh, for for a good number of hours um, yeah I, I, I was a defender I play okay. defense mm-hmm. uh, mostly, and uh, oftentimes on the side. I mean, either left or right. Although I oh, so you're like a Zanetti. Okay, I see. Yeah. You. I see. You. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but those were also different times with soccer. I guess that uh, the game now it's first of all it's much faster than what it used to be. Oh yeah, like, of course, uh, much yeah, faster. Yeah, yeah. And we, um, yeah, it was fun, but but. Uh, even if it was just among friends, it was either the ball or the player. The two together will not go through. Yeah. <laughs> 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 kind of, uh, try not to injure anyone, but you know, just. Oh, kind I, I, of. I relate on that one 100%. I can relate. Yeah. <laughs> um, so here's a question that we have sure. for you. So, when, obviously, you come from Argentina and Uruguay. And Uruguay, see. So. Who did you support in South America? Were you a Boca Juniors, or did you have to River support Plate. from River Plate, yeah. oh, Uruguay? Oh, wonderful questions. Yes. Uh, okay. When I was younger, I was a fan, really. Right now, I really value good soccer. So mm-hmm. 
uh, my team in in Argentina, I am from Buenos Aires, mm -hmm. was uh, River Plate. Yeah. Okay. And I was for River, I think that just to be a contraire, right? To go against mm -hmm. my family that all of them were Boca. Oh. <laughs> uh, so if I would go to the, <laughs> to the stadium, they would tell me just stay quiet, don't say a word, and don't celebrate, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. And it gets real yeah. serious down there. Very, yeah, very too serious. Yeah. But uh, as, as time went by, and I went to see many times Boca and many other teams, I mean, I, I, I enjoyed the the game so I, I value good soccer who would say nowadays in Argentina in the local tournament the, the, the Torneo Federal you, you have a team from Tucumán which is a province in the north of Argentina mm -hmm. it's it's on the top and they are playing really good soccer who would say right who knew but uh, so you, you do have sometimes good surprises I still remember a few years ago there was a team from Cordoba another uh, part of uh, Argentina Belgrano, that now is playing on the uh, second division. Mm -hmm. They had magnificent, magnificent soccer uh, for a couple of years. They did great and everything. In Montevideo, I was really a big time fan of Peñarol. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, which yeah, a lot of good players came out from there. Yeah. Very good players, and 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 they, I mean, growing up, that was the time that Peñarol will won, uh, have won the, the uh, Libertadores, which is the big tournament. Yeah, that's it. Because so as as it so as someone who's from like South America, yeah. which competition would you prefer watching? Is it the Sudamericana or is it the Copa Libertadores? I, I I would like the uh, yeah the Libertadores. Libertadores, that, okay. I think that it's the most. Um, Is that like the most prestigious? Yeah, I yeah. think so. Uh, of course, you have the 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 uh, national teams competitions, right? Mm -hmm. Kind of uh, the Copa America, but that's it's play every few years. But every year you have. Uh, if you see, if you have the opportunity to watch this year. Um, the 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 flamenco the team from oh yeah we, we were oh, we were actually we were actually just discussing it because yeah. at Arsenal they have a few players like Gabby Jesus right uh, Martinelli, Martinelli yeah. and uh, Gabriel yeah. in the back line yeah. and we were saying how even though these players are having a spectacular season in the Premier League like yeah. English football considered to be like the top right we have players from Flamengo getting the call ups over them for yeah. this uh, n upcoming national team break. Yeah, they, well, sometimes there are other factors that play into who gets calling. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, course. yeah. There's but, definitely politics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but yeah, if you if you watch one of their games, I think they can compete with any European team at a very high level. Yeah, oh yeah, because we 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 see it all over yeah. Europe now. This yeah. like this this South American revolution. Like if you look yeah. at a team like Manchester United, yeah, half of their players are South American players. Yeah, Lissandra, yeah. Martinez. Yeah, even yeah. if you look at Man City, one of the greatest players that ever played is an Argentinian, and it's Sergio yeah. Conguero. Yeah. yeah, and talking about uh, Manchester, the other Manchester, right, the United. If you look at, uh, there is a, a, a kid there that is not being played now. There are oh, Palestri. I know who you're Palestri. talking about. Oh, yeah. yeah. Young guy, oh, yeah. man. I, lo I love good. watching him play. Yeah, I mean. Uh, I'm a big Manchester United fan, so don't worry. I know. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you have that kid, and there is an Argentinian kid that escapes my name, his last name right now, my mind. I, I don't remember his last name. He's young also. He's 18 or something like that. That he's Argentinian and Manchester. Oh, uh, Garnacho? Garnacho, yes. Garnacho. yeah, great, wonderful. Yeah, 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 Garnacho. yeah there's Garnacho, uh, yeah. Facundo Palestri, but Palestri. then you also have Lissandra Martinez. Yes. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. He's a good defender. Very good yeah. defender. He's a good defender. Now, City is, uh, to my taste, 
I mean, and I don't know which teams you like. Oh, I Arsenal. enjoy. I I, I enjoy. Well, this year Arsenal. No, really well, good, I mean, yeah. here's the thing: like, who who cannot enjoy watching City right now when you have Kevin De Bruyne in that midfield? And I have a question: Do you think Early Holland's like actually a human? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, do you think he's a real person? Because the fact that he's already at like what thirteen Premier League goals and we're only seven games in, or, four, or fourteen, I think. Yeah, yeah fourteen. Yeah, it's, it's just it's amazing. This young fellow, uh, he has the physicality that you need to be a number nine in the traditional sense. I mean, he reminds me in some ways Ibrahimovic, right? Yeah, yeah. But, but 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 I think he will be better. Well, that's <laughs> I think the, the crazy <laughs> thing is that like he has the vis- the physique of Zlatan. But he has like the footballing brain of Van Persie is yeah. the best way to explain him. That's a great analogy yeah. because he That's can good, yeah. see the game in ways. I mean, he predicts where his teammates are moving and where the ball will yeah, the be. way his, mean, mo- his movement in the I mean, I mean, I mean, like, I mean, like, obviously yeah. the quality you have at yeah. City, right? When you have Kevin yeah. De Bruyne just serving you balls on like a silver platter, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. When you have someone who's that great, like you got Grealish yeah. on the wing, you yeah. got Foden, you got Bernardo Silva. Yeah, Rodri, right. yeah, so it, it, Calvin Phillips, like on the bench, yeah, yeah, there. On the bench <laughs> he's just there. sitting there. <laughs> yeah, you, you have uh, well, there is this young kid also new to City. Oh, Alvarez, he's, he's looking really yeah. good from River Play. From River Play, he's really good. He, I seen him play many times because of the Libertadores. Mm-hmm. Uh, his pressing is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. his timing. I mean. And he can dribble and everything, but in a team like City, you have to pass more than dribble because otherwise... Uh, well, it's, it's also their off-the-ball movement, yeah. right, at City. Yeah. Like, how you're able to place yourself yeah. in the field to really pull yeah. players apart oh. is really yeah. what makes a big dynamic football. And he has uh, two goals. I think he came off the bench for yeah. Like yeah. two goals so far. So he's, he's doing... He's in a good team. He's going to develop well. He's oh, absolutely. Really a, well. a fantastic coach, maybe the best yeah. uh, in a long time. And... Um, he also presses the the goalkeepers. I mean, yeah. one of those goals was yeah, <laughs> you know was just stole the ball yeah. from the goalkeeper. You know, kind of. uh, yeah, City is, is enjoyable. But the, I mean, I think I mean, of course, I like South American soccer a lot and the style and yeah. And I don't mind playing a little bit slower either, kind of just passing the ball or, or like the Brazilians, what they call the jogo bonito, which is a yeah. beautiful game. But um, uh, there is something about the, the the Premier League, right? I think that they yeah. are they are just I mean, any team can beat any other team any single day. Especially this yeah, this no. is probably the most enticing season you could watch in a very long time because you can go from City having a blowout against Bournemouth to yeah. drawing against Newcastle, right? Yeah. Then that's someone who we value as one of the like better teams like in the world at the current moment. Or right, like the same thing with um, Manchester United. They lose yeah. three times in a row. Two times. Hey, whoa, whoa. Oh, two, two times. Two, Give us a sorry. break. <laughs> you, you just lost two. to us, guys, so <laughs> calm it down a bit. All right. All right. Two times in a row, yeah. and then Arsenal on the top, and then they just destroyed them like 3 0. Yeah. yeah. Like it just, yeah. it's when this is the only league where yeah. the. The worst team on the bottom can beat the top team. And, Absolutely, and you can, and you're never safe yeah. when it's even. I mean, I have a question for you. Yeah, I've had this hot take for a long. Say, say I'm crazy for this. Do you think Anyal Di Maria is one of the most undervalued players in the Argentinian national team? I do. Uh, he is uh, a central piece. Uh, he's so important for Messi. Oh him. my God! Oh, yeah, uh, he's still. I mean, he's what thirty-five Thir- or so, and he yeah. has the speed of uh, twenty-five years old. Yeah, uh, uh, he finishes uh, very, very well. 
I uh, I guess I don't know what's going on in Juventus now. Juventus is not doing great. Yeah, uh, it's, I, it's the way I, they play. Well, no. Yeah, also, yeah. I think the issue is that they're bringing in players that aren't for the manager. Right. Because you have these, you have young players like a Philip Kostic, a Dusan yeah. Flavic. You have yeah. an Anjel Di Maria in the mix yeah. now. Right. You 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 yeah, have Pogba yeah, that came back. Yeah, Pogba came back. You have Weston yeah. McKinney as an option yeah. in the midfield. You know, like there's all these. Rotating in and out, you're finally having your first season without Chiellini, yeah. who's now at LAFC. So I think it's adjustment period, and it's not the right manager for that period. Yeah, and talking about South Americans in Juventus, they just go uh, from people started in the Argentine was it, Yeah, was he yeah. is he on loan or is He's it? Alone. Alone, yeah, it's yeah. a loan option to buy. Yeah. I think right. Yeah. 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 So uh, yeah, I think that Di Maria is an extraordinary, and, and he has been. All these years, uh, he's part of that generation with Agüero, um, you know, Mascherano, uh, really excellent players. Uh, they never, they they didn't have the consistency. They are. Um, I, uh, I, I think, I think defensively kind of, is the only yeah. problem because now you have this new guard of defenders that are spectacular. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like the midfield sort of slacking. But then yeah. your attack also looks great when you have mm-hmm. players like Martinez from Inter Milan. Yeah. You have Paulo Dybala. You have Lionel mm-hmm. Messi. You have Angel Di Maria. You have Angel Correa from uh, yeah. Atletico Madrid. Yeah. Like yeah. the yeah. talent yeah. is there. The talent is there. Totally. Especially for this World Cup coming up, this mm-hmm. is like this is like the golden generation right now for yeah. and Argentina. And, and, the, and the staff, the coaching, yeah. uh, the, the the coaches, they are all have experience. World yeah. Cups and playing in the national teams, they are very um, player player friendly. Well, uh, wait, is for Argentina is is Santiago Solari there right now for the national team? No, no, it's no, 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 no. It's uh, uh, Scaloni is there. Okay, okay, and all the players yeah. love him. They all yeah. like him a yeah. lot. But they have also in the in the uh, in the staff they have, for instance, Walter Samuel, who mm-hmm. played in Italy for so many years, a great defender. Um, they have a, a, El Payaso, uh, his last name escaped my mind now, kind of, he was also a terrific, terrific player. He played for real play for a while too. And, mm-hmm. But um, yeah, go, going back to what I wanted to say earlier about uh, Flamengo, if you see that team, you enjoy soccer as much as. Oh yeah. yeah and they have an Uruguayan player there that um, is called the Arrascaeta. Uh, and if you have a chance to see some of his plays, he's a playmaker, but he also makes goals. He's just so, incredible. So yeah. besides like the South American football, yeah. do you pay attention? So obviously you pay attention to the Premier League, but do you pay attention to the City A or anywhere else at all? I pay attention to Italy and to yeah. Spain. Uh, on the side, a little bit of Portugal and Mexico. Okay, yeah, Liga uh, MX. And of yeah, course, yeah, yeah. I, 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 uh, I used to be much closer to the... Uh, to, to our league, right? To the MLS. Yeah. Uh, I, I, when my son, who now is a grown up, uh, uh, they were playing at the Giant Stadium, and we used to we have season tickets, and we used to go and see the Red Bulls. Oh yeah, that, that was before Red Bull Arena. Yeah, That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, I remember that, that too. Long time ago. Yeah. So, so we we um, we got to see many other teams, and there's so much young talent. But then. It's not nurtured enough, I think, and uh, now we have changed. Now well, we yeah, changed. now because see. when you have players like yeah. like Ricky Puig from Barcelona, yeah. now he's playing at LA Galaxy. Right. Really you well you have the that. likes of Alfonso Davies yeah. making the transition from from Vancouver, the, Vancouver, right. yeah, Vancouver yeah. To, to Bayern, Bayern now. Yeah. You have the likes of Tyler Adams, a New yeah. York native. Yeah. 
from yeah. and goes to Red Bull, then goes to the other Red Bull in Germany, yeah. and then go right. and then now he's at Leeds. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's at Leeds. He's at Leeds yeah. with yeah. Jesse Marsh. Well, I, I have high expectations for the national team. Uh, I think I think there is a chance to do well. Yeah, I, I like because they are playing not only with passion and with speed; they are also playing with uh, the brain. That's the, I think that's the thing that's been lacking for a long time, yeah, right? Because yeah. at this current moment, mm-hmm. if you actually look it up, the United States yeah. coaching yeah. is probably one of the most top-tier coaching programs you can have right now. Right. Because if you were to go get your national license mm-hmm. for just the youth level, it's the equivalent to what some of these semi-pro managers over in Europe are getting right now. Yeah, yeah and, and, and I think that one advantage so far from what that, – that's my perception here in the U.S. It's um, – that the staffing coach is given credit. Mm-hmm. They they can uh, they are not under the same pressure, say, that the coach of the Mexico national team is. Oh, yeah, in, yeah. in Mexico, it looks like you have, uh, I don't know, 20 million head coaches, right? I mean, yeah. everyone knows what should be going on, who should be playing, in what position, and how they should be playing. And I think that that hinders, really, the, the, the possibilities of having the consistency, the pressures to, I mean, uh, the, the, the coach uh, who is, happens to be Argentinian and, and, you know, kind of the, he uh, lost a couple of games or didn't win a couple of games and they are calling about, you know, they want to fire him already. Yeah, uh, it's... No, but he was good in the MLS. I think he yeah. won with um, Atlanta. Atlanta United. Yeah, yeah I remember yeah, that. That's yeah, how he yeah. kind of got the job. Yeah, and he got one year coaching, uh, uh, you know, Martino. He got one year coaching Barcelona, but that... Didn't work out. Yeah. I mean, well, after <laughs> what do you want? I mean, after that team of Barcelona, right? With with with, with the the coaching, with with Messi, with that. Here's I I think the biggest yeah. problem with Barcelona yeah. is all the people who are above the manager, because yeah. the players aren't an issue right now. Like, yeah. in fact, if anything, the players are what's the plus side of Barcelona at the current moment. Like, yeah, they've lost Messi, but to be able to bring in about 20 new players in the window, yeah. like the likes of Jules Koundé or Rafinha, Kessier, uh, Lewandowski. Like, the ability to bring in new players isn't the issue. It's everything above because yeah. when you have someone like a Frankie de Jong who's being threatened to cut his wages. Unbelievable. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. It, it's a contract. And he like, wants to stay. That's, the, that's yeah. the crazy part. Like, yeah. Like, I would have loved to have my United, but I would never want a player to be forced to go to a club because their club doesn't want to pay them. That's what happened with mm-hmm. Arthur Milo because they did that swap with yeah. Juventus. I remember that. Mm-hmm. It was like a weird... Now it's now it came out a couple of months ago, a year right. ago. It was an illegal, like, um, illegal, like, swap. It was like $80 million that they didn't have mm-hmm. or they had on the books. Nah, so you like, want to know, you, you wanna what's, like, what's been a little illegal, bro? How, like, I swear, Alvaro Morata's, yeah. like, transfers... Is like money laundering. I don't think he's going to clubs because, because <laughs> explain to me how he's going to a different club every time for fifty million dollars. Explain where <laughs> he's going to top clubs all the time. Yeah, it's like oh Chelsea. Oh, it's like oh Juventus got money this time around. Okay, let it go. We can give you some. Oh uh, Chelsea, you need some cash? We got you. We'll throw you. We'll throw you a player. Like it. Yeah. That's just something that doesn't make sense to me. Well, La Liga, it's uh, you know you still have the, the two. Top teams, Real Madrid is playing incredible soccer. Yeah. And I'll, pff, are you kidding? With the, especially with the players they have coming in. When now you have a young midfield yeah. in a Orlan Tushimani, yeah. you have a Kamavinga, you have a Valverde. Yeah. It's absolutely, right. it's it's like bringing in that new guard because now Casemiro's gone. Yeah. Right. Tony Cruz just doesn't have the legs anymore. 
But in Luka Modric still looks class for his age. Yeah. 37, right. but oh looks, doesn't God. look a day younger. He looks, like, he looks like he's yeah. playing like he's 22, 23 years old, the way yeah. he's running around. And, 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 and I'm going to be controversial here and say something. As much as I so much respect and admire Benzema, he was injured. And the team with Rodrigo, Valverde, and, and uh, what's his name? Vinicius. 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 I mean, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. No, yeah. it's it's the same I mean, thing that's going on with Manchester United right now. When you have that free flowing front line of not one set player, that's what that's what Real Madrid was doing so well with having a Vinny running in and out of the line, dragging players out, having a Rodrigo or a Valverde mm-hmm. fill in. But also, yeah. I think the mistreatment of a Luka Jovic was a big problem at Real Madrid. He's someone where out of Frankfurt, he was fantastic, yeah, and he played in the sensational, great. And then he goes to Real, has an off season, goes back to Frankfurt alone, scores goals again. Now he's left. He's at, Fior- he's uh, at Fiorentina, Fiorentina. and he's doing pretty decent right he, now. He, what his first game, he got a hat trick, no? Uh, or was it was it two goals and assists? I think it was two goals. Two goals. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he had two goals. Yeah, no, there there are some wonderful players. Sometimes they don't fit also in a team. I yeah. Mean, uh, even with Hazard in in, uh, in Real Madrid, I yeah. mean, uh, a fantastic player. What a shame! What yeah. a shame! He was never yeah. injured at Chelsea. Yeah. The second he goes yeah. to Real, he just well, turns because, into glass. Well, because he didn't take care of himself. Like we yeah. saw that when he first got there. Like when you feel like I feel like certain players when they feel like they've made it, yeah. they like drop a level. Like not like a level like physically, but like a yeah. level mentally. Because a hazard at Chelsea's like, okay, I still gotta stay fit for this season because guess what? Without me this team struggles. Like when you when you're when you're used to being the guy for about ten years of your life, to not going to Real and be like, Oh, I can just do whatever I want. Just walk into a team and do whatever I want. I think he realized he wasn't the guy at Real Madrid. He was just another player because they have other bigger kind of names. Well, I, I feel like he knew that going in. That's why you saw the way how he was when he went there. Like he Plus knew he's a little bit overweight. Well, no, I mean, I, I'm not saying that part because that part's like a 50 50 because every player deserves to have a little bit of a break from their regime. But I'm saying to be able to see and be like, oh, my foot does not have to be 100% on the gas pedal. I can just go on cruise control right now. But mm-hmm. is there something such as too many stars in one team? I mean, we see that at PSG, you know? We see yeah, that issue. PSG. We, we see that issue where they were like. The last season, their transfer window, when we see they brought in a Donnarumma, a Gini Wijnaldum, a Sergio Ramos, a Lionel Messi, we thought, oh, these four superstars into a team, there's no way they don't do anything. Meanwhile, Messi was struggling. Ramos can't stay fit. Donnarumma looks so out of place there. Like, the fact that he's trying to displace Kaylor Navas is crazy to me. <laughs> yeah. But I think the difference between Real Madrid and PSG is that the players respect Real Madrid as like more of a club and well, it's, PSG it's, it's, is like it's, a brand it's an institution and that's what I like what PSG is doing this season they brought in someone like Galtier who is a more traditional French manager focuses on bringing up youth players actually building the team and we see that in their performances now because for some reason now Mbappe Messi and Neymar are clicking like everything's yeah. going right for them and, and also I, I respect him as a coach when he decides to take out of the game uh, 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 Messi yeah. Who, yeah. Who, 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 who good 
dare to do that, right? But he did. And 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 moving out Mbappé, who is his guy, right? In yeah. A way, I mean, he, he in a way he came to coach there because of of him. I mean, think about uh, it. Mbappé is his assistant manager. Don't forget yeah. that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that that contract, too. that contract, that contract. Yeah. You get to decide what players come to the club. You get to choose what manager comes and to the club. Ah, uh, yeah. man, oh man, well, oh man. He, he makes a lot of money for that club. Too. Well, I, I, well, I was about to say, it's like everyone was criticizing him, but if you're getting offered $300 million over three years and you get to say who gets to come to your club, when you basically get that LeBron James contract equivalent at PSG, why would you go to Real Madrid? For what reason? And that's the thing. He brought in Luis Campos, that um, yeah. Yeah. sporting director that he was with at Monaco, and he brought yeah. in um, Gautier. Yeah, that was so, the crazy thing. Yeah, he was, was like, so "Those are his guys. He's bringing in as a player. <laughs> he's legit playing football manager right now. He's like, here's my list. Here you go. Yeah. Let me know who I want, please. Thank you.' <laughs> yeah. Now let, let me uh, just not to sound nationalistic in any possible way, but uh, as much as I think that the U.S. national team have a good chance, I want to to talk about Uruguay, which is a really team. I I feel like I feel like they look solid, but I don't. Think they're gonna make that big of a push in the World Cup? I think just because they're in that transitional period of uh, Luis Suarez rotating out, and they, got, and they um, have Darwin Nunez, who they're vetting in. in. They have a lot of young players, so I don't know where the solidity is gonna come from. Especially when you're used to having a Diego Godin in that back line, right, and having such like a solid base to work off of. Well, but I, I think that where well, Godin is injured right now, and who knows when he's going to be back? Yeah, he's, is he even is over. he even gonna play? Like that's the I question. I mean, he, his presence is important from mm -hmm. the psychological point of view is just a the locker room yeah players, of course but, yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, you know you have in the, in the defense you have someone like Araujo and, and Josema uh, Jimenez, Jimenez from, uh, Atlético, yeah, yeah. You, you have uh, Valverde in the midfield Torreira Torreira Bentancur who yeah. the other day scored for Tottenham just a magnificent goal and he did uh, assist also uh, Son in another one it really well, uh, also, as center back, you have... Valverde, um, you know, Valverde, who's Okay, having, I'm, um, I'm afraid to say his name, because every yeah. time I say it on the show, I mess it up. Good. The Uruguayan center back at Barcelona, Araujo? Araujo. Araujo. Yeah. Every time I say it, we ended yeah. up making jokes, and I just call him Ray J at a certain point, because I, <laughs> I, I feel like my, my tongue always yeah. struggles with it. Araujo. Uh, yeah, uh, really, they, they say... Araujo. Araujo. Uh, he he uh, he started so playing soccer uh, as a forward. Yeah, that's a. That was that, that was a crazy yeah. thing with Gerard Piquet originally. Yeah. He was a striker yeah. on loan at Manchester United, and he gets sent back to Barcelona. And they're like, okay, we see you do that. Let's see how you do at center back. Like, uh, well, this is where good coaching comes into place, right? I and mean, when a coach can recognize the skills that the player might have, but where those skills can be best used, uh, best taken advantage of, uh, I, I give a lot of credit there to the coaching staff. And someone like Araujo is an example as, as Piquet. Uh, I, I think he, he is the future of the of the Barcelona defense, uh, mm -hmm. uh, actually also in part the present. Um, so the, the, the Uruguayan national team uh, has another component that it's beyond talent, which is what in Spanish we call garra, la garra charrua, uh, which is really identifies this uh, desire. They never give up. They will fight every single uh, uh, ball. They will struggle. They will go behind. 
I mean, it, it is the 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 the, um, the the maracanazo. I don't know if you heard of that term. Uh, when in 1950, Uruguay played the final against the Brazilian national team in the Maracana Stadium in Brazil, you know, 100,000 people or so, and it was uh, uh, going behind and then comes back and wins, and wins the World Cup. Uh, it's a small country, about three million people living there, and, and, and they, um, they, are, they continue to be on the top and the lead uh, uh, teams, uh, national teams, and you see the players playing in Europe, in Brazil, in Mexico, here in the U.S. I mean, you, you have this guy, Torre, who is playing in, uh, in Orlando, who is doing very well. They have a lot of young talent. I, I wouldn't discount or take <laughs> kind of a, a, a anything from their uh, strength in that sense. Of course, the, the talent of other teams might be superior when you think about Brazil, certainly Argentina in the South American part and I mean, uh, France, I don't know what's going to be with Spain, though, but, you know, and Germany. I mean, we also have England this time around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's... No, I don't think England. I think England, at best, is like 16 or quarterfinal. I think they I can think. make it, but the issue is that Southgate he's is not, the problem. He, he's, the, yeah. he's the main problem. He has yeah. all that talent. He's just so stubborn in the way he plays. He plays like... Like very rigid, like. Well, here's the thing: you you can play you can play at five at the back, but there's no reason why Harry Maguire should make it back to the national team. Well, here's my question for you: There's players who, no matter what national team they are, are always good for their national team, but always struggle at the club level. Right. So that was with Messi, like, but the other way around. Yeah. yeah, yeah so, so time. what would you much rather prioritize? Let's say if you're a national team manager, would you prioritize how they've played for you in the past competition? Or would you prioritize how you see them playing in the league? Wow, that's a very tough question. Uh, obviously, that how they are playing in the league will influence whether you want to select them or not for the national team. Uh, you know, are they having enough playing time? Are they um, really performing very, very well? Or, because if a player, for instance, if we go back to Uruguay, we were talking about Suarez. Well, Suarez is playing in Uruguay now. And he's older, and we have seen him not performing uh, the same strength uh, that he used to be uh, just three, four, five years ago. The same with Cavani. He's now playing for Valencia. He was without soccer for a long time. And who knows where he's going to be for the cup. And if you have a younger player, I'm not saying that the coach will call Torre or anyone, <laughs> but uh, that, that, that you know have potential, you might give them a, a chance. Now, uh, if, they, if I am the coach and some players have been re reliably good right, and consistent and they also are playing maybe not at a great level but they have continuity, uh, I, I would call them. I, I mean, yeah, I, I agree. The case of Messi is, is one. Last year he um, was really underperforming totally in, in PSG and, and in the national team for the for the qualifying for the World Cup, he was just masterful as well as the Copa America you know, the, that they won. They also won in Brazil against Brazil. Yeah, I mean, which is a, that's a yeah, tough feat really itself. Tough. With a great goal by De Maria. Yeah. You know, remember that one was just kind of one for the ages. So kind of, yeah. 
That excellent question. <laughs> yeah, because we obviously uh, I'm gonna use England as the example because I see so many examples in there. When we see the likes of a Harry Maguire, even a Mason Mount, the current moment, yeah, yeah. someone who's been struggling at the start of the season, or Harry Maguire, who just should be playing a different sport. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's just, um, it's just it's tough because managers obviously have their favorites, sort of like they see what they want and how they want their team to play with certain players, but it comes at a point where. Why isn't a Tamori getting a call up? Like and he's why? Been amazing at AC Milan. Yeah, like why? Why finally James just found a call up? He's a solid player when he wants to be, but why is he sometimes still getting call ups over certain players? Well, uh, I will bring a different topic that will be controversial, but it's saved by me, and I hope that nobody will sue me for this. <laughs> um, so I will not name names, not to get anyone compromised. But uh, a friend of my brother from childhood, who was a professional soccer player, playing a number of teams, mm -hmm. and and was a coach in a neighboring country for uh, many times, and he still be on TV, uh, uh, you know, doing commentary and everything. When he was a player, uh, he, and of course, this is many years ago, and he was. Uh, in South America, <laughs> he told me that some coaches, right, they had some players that they will choose, not because necessarily of their strength, abilities, or talent, mm -hmm. but they will choose them actually for, I mean, you were laughing about Morata's uh, uh, situation and everything. Hey. The representatives of the, the players with the, with the, you know, the managers and... And they and they and they get a lot of goodies out of that. Yeah. I hope that this is not happening nowadays. I hope that this has been cleaned up from these times, some 35, 40 years ago to now. But uh, sometimes you see things that are really strange. I mean, uh, look, we are going to be playing, and no, no, no offense to the Qataris or anything, but yeah, uh, you know the. And, and, and looks like they have wonderful stadiums, air conditioning. Yeah, but the facilities are great. How they got that? Right? Yeah, how that. They they, yeah. How did they do it? Right? <laughs> it's yeah, like, just, did you uh, hire uh, some uh, construction uh, workers or uh, was there slaves? Like, that's the right. question we want to ask right now. Oh, yeah. it's, it's terrible. It's terrible. It's horrible. Well, that's the question. Like, when it comes to yeah. sports, yeah. what's more important: prioritizing the the sport itself or allowing some sports washing to come in to promote the sport? Because we see it time and time again with just teams in general, right? Man City, when they were first brought out. Uh, we saw it with Chelsea with the Abramovich era, right? We saw it with Newcastle right now at the current moment, correct? Like, Newcastle yeah. bought out. They are now the richest club in the world. That's not. There's no joke about it. No other way. They have the most money available to an owner. Yeah. Uh, well... Also PSG, right? Yeah, PSG, same, <laughs> yeah, same PSG, example. PSG got to be like number yeah. three, then Man City's number two. Well, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting because uh, some of them uh, look at that as an uh, investment. Yeah. Uh, uh, some of them may be, you know, for their own egos. Uh, there are alternatives to that, but I don't know. I mean, in the present do you, situation. But do you think it's a way to like promote their own sort of agenda slash country because when you see like oh the Manchester 
metropolitan areas being raised because of how much investment Man City's putting back into the city. It's like, is it a way for them to paint a better picture for themselves in comparison to what people think of them? Of like, you know, with some of the human rights issues that they have. Well, my naive part of self would say, you know, like we are now talking about soccer with a great level of passion and 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 it's it's it is considering it not just a beautiful game but part of uh, as we say in, in Latin a sine qua non right and an, an absolute part of who we are also identity wise I would love to think that these guys have the same feeling and given that they have a lot of money you know they are investing yeah. on something that they have passion for and is their lives but the not naive part of myself. I mean, I, I see I see money laundering. I see I see uh, 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 politics associated with that. I mean, it, it is unavoidable, and mm-hmm. and um, and uh, and they are making also a brand, and they are trying to sell that brand, and and of course with that comes themselves and what they represent, and. Um, you know, it, it is uh, the, the, the cases of, of Russia World Cup and, and, and Qatar World yeah. Cup. I mean, give me a break. I mean, <laughs> and again, I mean, no, look, Qatar national team is pretty good in Asia. And, and, yeah, and, they, yeah, remember, yeah. and they have a couple of teams there in, in, in Qatar that have won in also. I mean, even in, in the World Cup for clubs, they have uh, a couple of years ago or more, three years ago or so, they, they were the third position kind of yeah so it's not that soccer is not part of their lives or that they don't know what that game is about or anything like that right but but we know all the rest and yeah plays that you know i'm not for really trying to mix politics with 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 sports but sometimes you know like the case of russia and the case i mean they they are using that uh, lucas I, I i teach uh uh, the, the history and the philosophy of education and as mm-hmm. a historian when I see how this I mean uh, how people how the Nazis have utilized that to, mm-hmm. to, to, to to present themselves in a total different world way to the world through the Olympics and everything how how uh, Putin have used that uh, to present uh, you know Russia with the uh, you know all the shows and all the uh, kind of uh, uh, Statements really, yeah. uh, even through the opening ceremony. If you uh, pay attention, the ways in which he was reconstructing uh, Russian history, so you can say, I mean, come on, I mean, r- really? I mean, yeah, the, 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 we are here for the game that we love, right? I mean, uh, but um, reality hits us in some ways. Exactly. Yeah. So, great topic. Just to divulge from that and yeah. go into something different. There's two teams in the Premier League right now that are struggling a bit. We have Liverpool and we have Chelsea. Chelsea, under new management with Graham Potter, who a lot of people don't like, but me, I'm a personal fan of, and I was very, very agitated to see him go to a Chelsea because I know how good he is. And we have, of course, Jurgen Klopp. Who do we believe has the bigger struggle this season with their team? Is it going to be a Graham Potter rebuilding a Chelsea because – if Chelsea had kept all the players they lost due to contract issues and all that stuff and also built upon what they had with the signings they had now, they would sort of be a different team. But now it's obviously a whole different ballgame for them. It's how are they going to re- like how are they going to adjust 
and perform when there's teams who are performing at a higher level than them. Mm. I can forgive Chelsea this year. Yeah. Coming out of the whole situation with ownership and all the changes, as yeah. you have been mentioning, I, I can tolerate Chelsea not performing well. Uh, hopefully, not that I am a fan of Chelsea, but I, I, it's one of those teams you want to see compete competing and, 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 and putting pressure on, on some of the teams that I mm -hmm. like. Uh, Liverpool, I am in shock, personally. I, I thought I, uh, that they will be better at this point, but yeah. I never will... Um, I mean, they, they have not only their tradition, but they still have a wonderful uh, team and they mm -hmm. have a, an excellent coach. And yes, they brought, uh, well, Nunez still needs to mature a little bit. He has a lot of potential. The, I think also the yeah. issue for Nunez is that that red card, I think, threw him for a loop. Yeah. Because he, was he wasn't yeah. outstanding, but, but he, he was, was still well. putting in a shift, still performing yeah. well. And, and he was adjusting. And having, having those three games off and on the sideline, I think it's sort of like has thrown him for a loop. Totally. I think this team adjusting without a Sadio Mane, because I think people forget how much Sadio Mane would save Liverpool in certain games with pulling out two or yeah, one or two goals out him, of nowhere. And with yeah. him pressing and yeah. going into the midfield yeah. to help a lot. Right. Yeah, and, and, and uh, well, to go back to the Nunez case, I mean, remember when Suarez just started in Liverpool, he had yeah. some of these huge mistakes too. It's an issue of temperament, maturity, mm -hmm. and understanding the particular context of, of that football. They, they are going out to go for him time and again. They yeah, want to yeah, provoke yeah. him and he will have to, you know, uh, swallow it. He will have to be uh, much better at that. Now, what I like when Nunez is in the starting lineup particularly is that he's opening a little bit the the defense uh, of the, you know, of the rival, giving people like Salah more you know, space to... Because he's playing like yeah, your yeah. traditional number nine. Because totally. they were so used to having a, a Roberto Firmino sort drop of that. dropping deep a lot, yeah. letting Salah and uh, Mane. Sadio Mane go yeah. up, yeah. attack from inside, yeah. supply balls, or yeah. get a goal himself. And now Liverpool has to adjust of, oh, wow, we have a real striker now. Yeah. Like, it's it, it's not Origi getting, you know, that lucky goal in the Champions League for us, a random header, a cult hero. <laughs> we have a real striker now. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, 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 for me, you know, it's, it's, it's the false nine. Right? Yeah. Kind of going by a little bit of what Messi used to do when, when he was yeah, with Barca. Yeah, that, that 90 goal season as a center forward. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but, everyone's going to remember that. Yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, and, and Nunez gives him an option. Uh, it's not Haaland. I mean, uh, as much as... Oh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, He's not Haaland. He's not going to be like Haaland, but he can become an important force that will give an interesting uh, mm -hmm. option. And by his own physicality too, I mean, he can take on the defenders uh, which is what can give again the, the space to the others to. to, to and he's to, tall. Also. Yeah, but also yeah, the, the thing with Darwin Nunez is that you can't be a Holland because when yeah. you have a Diogo Jota, when you have yeah. uh, Luis Diaz, when you have a Mohamed Salah, yeah. you can't just be a full out and out, I'm going to score all the yeah. goals. You have to be able to work around with the people you have around you because it's not just a one man show there at Liverpool. Absolutely. Luis Diaz is another. Yeah, he's so yeah. good. Yeah. Talk, talk about just players in the Portuguese league breaking in right away like from Bruno Fernandes to Luis mm -hmm. Diaz Ricardo Pereira when he went to Leicester like it, it's no joke over there like yeah. Wait, 
Luis Diaz, now here is my, my wrong maybe. Isn't he Colombian? By yeah, he yeah, is Colombian. Colombian. Yeah. yeah, the point, he, I mean, if you, if you don't mind, you are talking about the Portuguese. But the Portuguese national team, it's not a reflection of the okay. quality of the players. That I, they have. Uh, this is a hot take. I think it's because there's too... The too many stars? Is it Ronaldo? Because the thing yeah. is, is that for, for a Madrid. national team, a national team has to be all about the national team. But when you're... I, I make this point Cristiano Ronaldo at club level. When you're Cristiano Ronaldo, you're bigger than that national team. Yeah. Because it was the same argument I had with him at Manchester United right now. Ronaldo doesn't work at a Manchester United because he's bigger than Manchester United. Yeah. And it's not going to work because when you're at playing at Manchester United, you're playing for Manchester United. That's how it's always worked over the years. And it's the same thing we play at Juventus. And it was the same thing that he was able to get away with at Real Madrid because his name was sort of synonymous at a certain point with yeah. the club. But now it's gotten even bigger than the club. So how do you see the chances? They are in the same group with South Korea, with Uruguay. I would be worried about South Korea yeah, just South because of Hyo Ming Son, Hwang Hee Chan. Wow. You have it. you have a that, solid midfield base as well. They have that defender that's at Napoli now. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he was at um he played I think in Fenerbahce before he mm. arrived over and he's he's been really he went really yeah he, he went from he G, Kurobali yeah yeah he he there. went from J League to Fenerbahce yeah. to Napoli and he's doing tremendously well. South Korea they good players and they, I remember the last World Cup. Yeah, they were there too. They were they were really good. And that was and that was a son that was four years younger. Imagine him now. Yeah, we were oh. just, we were just talking about it. Human son on the weekend comes off the bench, scores a hat trick. Yeah, I'm <laughs> <And> beautiful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hat trick. And, really and, of the goals. Were and then we were talking about how last season he ties for golden boot with a majority of his goals being scored off his weak yeah. foot. Like, there's obviously a clear talent there. No yeah. doubt. No doubt. It's going to be a very interesting workout, but of course I am waiting. I mean, I hope to be able to get tickets uh, uh, when when we play in here. Oh yeah, 2026. Oh, 2026. Yeah. yeah. I already explained how I'm like I'm taking out a mortgage. I'm going to a loan shark. I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting that World Cup final ticket. I heard the finals being played at MetLife. MetLife the yeah. finals going to be played at. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's a big enough stadium. My only concern, yeah. it's not built for yeah. for football, right? Because when you go when you go to Rebel Arena, like. Any seat you sit at Rebel Arena, you can see the, game. Can see the game with perfect view. Meanwhile, yeah. at like MetLife, you have to like watch out for a random pole. You're a little too high. You gotta like look over a bit and realize, oh, I might fall over the edge real quick. Like it's it's not <laughs> yeah, it's not it's really built for no. a sporting like a real really good sporting event because it's built for football where you have to watch one play every once in a while. It's built for all the concerts that are there. Like it's not really. Oh, a footballing. They got they got yeah. four years to figure it out. They yeah. <laughs> they got they got yeah. enough time. When when it, well you're uh, young, so you probably weren't born when the World Cup was ninety four. No, I was. And no. I was living in I Michigan. I was one years old. Yeah. Was, uh, I, I was in Michigan, yeah, yeah. and uh, I was living in Ann Arbor at the time, and I was able to see some games they played in the Silver Dome, which was yeah. the, at the time the Lions uh, football stadium. And uh, they they were able to fill it up. They they uh, did some changes with the turf and everything, and they were able to play well. But it was not designed like like the MetLife Stadium. It's this MetLife. It's really it's it's a different design. It's uh, this modernity piece and yeah. like that the architects or whoever designed that uh, were using. It. It, 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 I think you're right. It functions well for football. It's it, it's like with the New York team. Um, 
you know, the, the New York City team. Oh, NYCFC. I can't, man. They're they're playing on like a seven-a-side <laughs> field that's so <laughs> narrow. Yeah, it's But I heard they're going to make their own state. I heard it was getting well, approved so, so, oh, so they're trying to buy out the plot of land that yeah. the Jets originally tried to buy by the old train yard in the city so yeah. it's like it's not as active anymore it holds some freight some some freights and stuff mm-hmm. and the jets were trying to buy that out for so long but now the city group their main agenda the main global agenda is to have a stadium in every major city so they have one in brazil yeah. they have one in australia they have one in england now they're trying to get the one in new york city they, they have a team in montevideo too yeah city torque <laughs> yeah um but uh well, it will be difficult for them to really obtain. I mean, given the price of the land, you know, to, to have it in, I mean, in, in Manhattan they, they, will be impossible. I mean, they, they, got, they, the they got the money. They got the money. They'll, they'll, they'll the money. say, hey, New York City, $15 billion. There we go. Just <laughs> yeah. let, let it have It's fine, bro. Just, we'll, we'll make you money. Don't worry. It's fine. And the yeah. tickets are cheap, too, to go see New York CFC. Well, yeah, because right? <laughs> a lot of the time it doesn't really get filled up. Because you watch, you'll, they'll have the cameras so put onto the pitch that they don't want to show like a lot of the, the empty holes <laughs> did, you, uh, did, did you see at Yankee Stadium because they won the MLS Cup they have like one small tiny banner to the like right of the field it's like that's it yeah. that's the only thing it's like yeah we were champions like nothing yeah but if they had their own stadium <laughs> that, that that cup would be I mean, I mean, here's because Atlanta's done it right Inter yeah, Miami's done stadium. it right um, even Tennessee like, at, like right. you have to have plans to have your own stadium you can't just be like you should either be rotating out of MetLife, or not using a baseball field. It's plain and simple. Or share it with Harrison, share it in Harrison with Rebels, because if Inter Milan and AC Milan can share the San Siro, right? NYCFC and Rebels can share a stadium, right? In, in Montevideo, the Centenario Stadium was shared by Peñarol and Nacional for yeah, and they still from time to time play their um, their games. It doesn't yeah. It, it's like the Jets and and, and, the, and the and the Giants. They can share. They, the they share stadium. But then I think the issue for them is that they want to have a legitimate New York team, not have a New York team, but the majority of them be in yeah. New Jersey, right? Yeah. Well, we, we being in New Jersey, uh, we have the right to be upset with some of those, right? I mean, yeah. They call it the New York Jets. It's it's really in Jersey. The New York Giants is in Jersey, and the Red Bulls. <laughs> yeah, in the Rebels. Okay. Well, like the Rebels have been Jersey based. <laughs> Since they even been formed, since they were Metro Stars, so it's not even like they were in New York in the beginning. Like Metro Stars were in the, in New Jersey originally. I think having the name New York, I think that's the only that might be the only reason why it sells <laughs> the, a bit the marketing. More. Yeah, marketing. Yeah, marketing. Yeah, marketing. Yeah, okay, marketing. The marketing. So well, I mean, I, I can't say anything. Uh, the one thing I will say though, <laughs> yeah. is that so going back onto our prior topic yeah. about Liverpool and stuff, I think the difference between yeah. Liverpool and the city. Yeah. Is that City not only have a phenomenal starting eleven, they have a phenomenal seven players on the bench as oh, well. Yeah. And the way how it's all ran over there because because we're talking about in tiers of how Newcastle are right now and how teams that get bought by money, how they work. It goes from how City like City's the prime example of this. They go from getting the right players slowly, getting the right manager, fixing the facilities, now getting youth players in, now buying out the whole entire league to the point where you're making you're you're making yourself a superstar conglomerate, right? Yeah. Well, but also, I mean, City is a team where players want to go and play. Yeah. Um, Liverpool too. Uh, they just 
I'm not there this year. Well, they they years. just don't have the depth though because they didn't replenish, and it's like the old guard. Still yeah, it's, it's there's because you get so many injuries because when you when you have Thiago, Fabinho, mm-hmm. and all them out, now you have to rely on a Henderson and a James mm-hmm. Milner. Yeah, not young kids. <laughs> I mean, if and, 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 and let's, even technical, and, and, and then all, and then yeah. here's the thing, and then you have Robertson injured, but then you have to rely on Simikas, who's like half decent. If Trent's injured. Who's replacing him at right back? Milner. Yeah. Another key. But the one thing I will say, though, like the signings of like Fabio Carvalho and the promotions of players like Curtis Jones and Harvey Elliott shows there's a clear sign of where they want to go. Luis Diaz. Darwin Nunez is in the plans. Now, do you fill that role with a... Fabio Carvalho, or do you put Jota? That's the thing right now for Liverpool. But then again, I mean, like this Premier League season, you just don't know what can happen because Liverpool can go on like a five-game bad run, but then they can go and win the rest of the season somehow. But, you know, and it looks like Arsenal is the team to beat now. Yeah, I mean, what they they've they've won they've won five, lost one, drew one, right? Yeah. No, no, they lost That's once. Fun. And won six times. Six, they won six yeah. times. Yeah, that's right. You know, you put you in your place. Relax yeah. over there, buddy. All right. <laughs> yeah. No, but that's also another thing, right? Um, because Arsenal are having sort of a South American revolution with having players like uh, Gabby Jesus, um, yeah. Gabriel, yeah. Uh, and Martinelli. And Martinelli. Yeah. But also United bringing in players like Anthony. Yeah. They're bringing in Facundo Palestri as a young player, Garnacho, obviously, mm-hmm. Lissandra Martinez, Fred. I mean, line, like mm-hmm. trying to get the ball through, somehow does this amazing mm-hmm. flick around the player, but then messes yeah. up the final pass to Renato. It's, yeah. it's Fred within a nutshell right yeah, there. Yeah. I, I still like uh, Fernandez. Bruno, I like Bruno. I I think it's tough for Bruno because he needed a manager like Ole, who was a great man manager, who was able to appease a player, like let them know everything's gonna be okay. Whereas like Ten Hag is about his system and yeah. not the way uh, yeah. he wants to play. And then I, I think also another thing, I, I think when you have a Ronaldo, a Fernandez can't shine. And then when you don't have that focal point like a Martial at striker or even a Cavani or somebody because he had someone to rely on at striker. He had a winger who he knew was going to be at the wing and he had someone at right wing who knew was going to be at right wing. Whereas now this front line is so free-flowing, anyone could be at any position at any time. Yeah, that, that's part of what we were talking much earlier today about the coach and, and the system yeah. and whether they will be bringing in the players that will fit the system that they want to play or whether they will be bringing very good players and see how we can. I mean, there, there, are, there are some principles that I can mm-hmm. accept that the coach embraces, but the dogmatism sometimes can go against you. I mean, you had one uh, uh, orange me- mechanic, kind of, uh, you know, I, I saw them playing too, you know, the, the, the World Cup that they didn't win, it was Germany won. That that thing cannot be replicated to some extent, you know, Barcelona did, and to some extent some of these principles still be playing with City, but, you know, it's, it, it is a type of game that requires a, a, a total, I mean, you need time, you need to invest, you need to invest yeah. in the developing players, young players, I mean... I mean, speaking about giving time, yeah. 
What did you think about what happened with Thomas Tuchel? Do you think he was not given enough time, or do you think that it was the right move for Chelsea, that things weren't going right? Because obviously he's a phenomenal manager. Any club would love to have him. And from what looked like in the window, it seemed like Tuchel had a say in transfers. They were backing him to the moon, and five games in, oh, Grand Potter's in now. Well, that's you know what uh, we were talking earlier in terms of the patience and the support that coaches have. We were talking the different yeah, the, of course, the, the the U.S. coaching staff and the Mexican coaching staff and the that level. I think that uh, uh, Chelsea act too harsh, too fast. I mean, yeah, of course, under the old regime, like Di Matteo goes from winning you a Champions League, yeah, FA Cup, yeah. and then he's gone within like four months. Yeah. yeah. So obviously, they're 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 easy to pull the trigger, but I think the point that was being made by a lot of fans was that it's a new ownership, but yet it's still sort of the same style. So is there any? Is there really going to be a change in that regard? Hmm. I think there's going to be a change. I think um, Grand Potter, I'm on that boat with you. I think we, we're the only two. That thing like Grand Potter. Could yeah, like, dude. Everyone, everyone's like, "Oh, you're a Grand Potter stand." I'm like, I don't think you understand. Like how much of a good coach he is. Like mm-hmm. what he was able to do out of Brighton, especially in the first six games. Like you lose Kukurera, you lose Basuma, mm-hmm. you're bound to lose a Neil Mupe to Everton. He wants to leave. You're not really getting that many replacements. You have to make Danny Welbeck work as striker. Let's not forget a rejected Danny Welbeck <laughs> from like five different clubs. Yeah, and yet. Starts off the season absolutely spectacular with a McAllister, right? Another Argentinian. Doing fantastic. You have the likes of Sally March, of uh, Trossard. Like, to be able to do that in back-to-back seasons, to get them their highest place finish, to get a club even still going at the beginning of a season, is still impressive. I agree. Huh? I agree. I I mean, we have that. We have World Cup coming up. Obviously, you're excited for Argentina and Uruguay. Yeah. So then, if it comes down to it, who do you have to pick? <laughs> it's got to be one or the other. One, like it's let's let's say hypothetically, it's a quarterfinal against Argentina and Uruguay. Okay. It's a tough. Question. Uruguay. 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 I love the underdog. I love what Uruguay represents. I mm-hmm. mean, small country, uh, always in the shadow of of Brazil and Argentina. Uh, they play with heart. Yeah. They play uh, with guts. They uh, leave everything they have on the on, on the uh, 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 field. And e- even if they don't succeed, I will continue to applaud them and their and their effort. I I mean, of course, I hope they they get there. I mean, I was really disappointed in in, in Russia in the game against the French. I mean, always they started with the VAR. I mean, there was this goal by Cavani. I mean, don't get me started. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, uh, the, but uh, uh, you know, I, I recognize that the talent of Argentina is it's it's outstanding. But for me, the team to beat always is Brazil. Yeah. yeah. I mean, especially because, like, teams like Brazil, France, and even Spain at some points – they have enough players on their rosters where they can they can feel three different starting World Cup squads that right. can compete. Totally, the, the the advantage of the Uruguayans in relation to the Brazilians is that all the heart that uh, all the garra all the guts that the Uruguayan uh, teams have, uh, it's what is lacking for the Brazilians. Mm-hmm. They 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 in Spanish we say pecho frío. 
I mean, they, 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 they are cold in their, in their chest. They, they, they don't, I mean, they play beautiful. They, are, they can surprise you in five minutes. They win the game. They can score like they did against, uh, you know, the Germans or whatever, big time. But uh, it's also a mentality, mm-hmm. and and um, a lot, that's a why lot that's of, that, a lot of ego. Yeah, 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 yeah. So so I uh, but the Argentina Uruguay game, if eventually comes, will be. Uh, I mean, I will be happy with whomever goes on. Yeah, but Uruguay is, is in my heart. Yeah. I mean, just to think about South American teams, right? So we have Ecuador who made it. Yeah. Uh, Argentina, of course. Yeah. Um, Brazil. Brazil. We have Brazil, Costa Rica, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Uruguay, Ur- uh, Uruguay, yeah. Brazil. Uh, so that's Mexico. What? Yeah, yeah Mexico. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Central America, Central obviously. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, so that's like what five teams that are Latin based that have a solid chance. Like they're not even like underrated. They're solid teams. Mm-hmm. I mean, this World Cup is gonna be a fun mm-hmm. one for South America because not only is there a big European mix in there now. There's a big like Latin mix in there as well. Yeah, they they they, they, they have great players and they have some good coaching staffs. Uh, those are teams that might be able to pass to the next round. But beyond that, besides Brazil, Argentina, and maybe Uruguay, I'm not sure. If the Mexicans, right, that I know it's not South America, but it's uh, still be Latin America. If the Mexicans get their act together. And they really start blaming each other as they do every other day, and they, uh, they they can go on also maybe, but it's not elite. It's not winning uh, the, the the World Cup at this moment. Yeah. On the other hand, one of the things that is uh, just nowadays in soccer, any team can surprise you. I mean, obviously there are differences, differences in resources, differences in talent. So you say the Brazilians can have three teams that can beat you, you know, by many goals, but. But there are also this, I mean, I still remember that game, um, I think it was in Brazil, uh, Iran ex- against Argentina, mm-hmm. and they were playing uh, a 10-0-0, basically. <laughs> the yeah. 10 of them were yeah. inside. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it was Argentina won nothing, but but I mean, it is just... Uh, I mean, I mean, talk about playing Brexit football, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's That was just, yeah. I mean, here's the thing, right? I think Uruguay's got a tough group, though, because yeah. they have to make it out against South Korea, yeah. against Portugal, and against Ghana. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, meanwhile, South, South Korea and Ghana are seen as, like, lesser teams. But Ghana got good players. But it's still, but I think people forget, it's still the World Cup. Yeah. Like, we talk about nationalism in just basic regards. Yeah. Imagine nationalism on a level scaled to 7 billion people that are interested in it like this is one of the biggest competitions in the world and no team is just going to sit there and let anything happen absolutely everyone's playing for a win this is something where there's no such thing as a I mean there is the like you know there is like underdogs in certain regards but there's no team greater than the other right now at this current point we talk about World Cup everyone is considered equal just because of how much each and every single team want to win that World Cup Absolutely, and every team has earned their spot into yeah. the World Cup. Yeah. yeah, and 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 they can surprise you in any moment with 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 an, uh, a situation that was not planned. Maybe a good, uh, uh, you know, those that have been drawn in the in, in, in the dressing room with the coach, you know, kind of practicing with them many many times the same play, and they try it out, and it works. 
right? And and then they go and play defense the rest of the game, and who knows, right? Yeah. I mean, but yeah, that 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 one on, of South uh, Korea, uh, Portugal, uh, Ghana, and Uruguay, I kind of, and Uruguay and Ghana have history, right? I mean, if yeah, you remember, remember that they, 2010, with Suarez, you know, and and, and then uh, was it what Abreu with the penalty kick? I think was that game, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah where he yeah. saved the ball. Well, my question for you is, are you ready to get up at 5 a.m. to watch some games? That's Absolutely. <laughs> you know, no doubt. I mean, I, excuse me. I mean, I don't use the telephone as you use it, right? I mean, I'm not that skillful, but I, I have here in my calendar everything already. Yeah. Oh, all the times yeah. and everything. Yeah, that's yeah, the same. Yeah, I, it's just kind of... Because I've been trying to plan everything out for what we could do as possible coverage, and yeah. the fact that there's going to be 65 games played within a month, I think people don't comprehend it because... Yeah. Like some Americans, right? They'll they'll say, "Oh, like March Madness mm-hmm. with all the games or all this." I'm like, I don't think you understand that there's like 30 teams, there's 65 mm-hmm. games, and it all leads down to one one of the most televised games in the world at a certain point. Billions yeah. watch. Billions. Yeah. And and I don't know. You might have to come to class, but one thing is to sit in a class and 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 listen or what. I have to teach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna be like, oh yeah, guys, we're gonna be on Zoom today. Um, meanwhile, it's like it's like a pre-recording. In the corner right there, yeah, yeah he's like, yeah, guys, great. Like he has he has his monitor going right now, but like he's not only at students. He's looking at the game. He's like, yes, 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 yes. Oh my god, that was so great. Thank you for that presentation. I do have two screens in my office. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. Oh, man, and I'm man. not the only one. I mean, I know that some of my close friends here are listening now. And they are professors too, and they do the same thing. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm not gonna say anything. Cause I'm still a student here, but I I totally watch all my professors 110. Yeah, percent There is same. nothing else going on in the background. If it's a absolutely there's right. there's there's no 10 a.m. kickoff, so I don't know what you're talking about. There's only there's only my classes now. Yeah, well, professor, yeah. I have a question. One of the topics we also had was American. Um, USA ultras versus other fan. Ultras. Yeah, so and I know oh. when it comes to Argentina with the ultras and how passionate they are <laughs> you must have like at least a story yeah because like the thing is we were supposed to have one of the gsu ultras from new york red bulls peter here he's one of good friends of mine he's one of the guys where he has a flare going the drum going at the game going crazy like yeah. he's one of the few like ultras we have here in the u.s and i wanted to bring him on just sort of have a comparison talk because when it comes to the Rebel Arena, it's never filled out. But that supporter section, where there's no out. chairs, chairs are locked up, everyone is standing and going. That's the most lively part of the stadium. Yeah. Well, I, I, when I go here to the stadium, I mean, uh, for instance, when I was just you know see some tickets with the Red Bulls and everything, yeah. I, I, I never had any fear where I'm going to be sitting or what will happen before the game or after the game. Um, there are places uh, in in Argentina, for instance, that I, I I wouldn't just go. I mean, it is you're risking your life in some places. I mean, it just goes like that. So much so that the many same Argentinian soccer federation, the football, the AFA, mm-hmm. Association Argentina, the Football Argentino, they they don't let visiting teams come to the stadium it, it's kind of now uh, the, in the River Plate Stadium the last couple of games they have let uh, some uh, fans of the other teams come and things of the like um, 
they it, it can become uh, uh, very violent if you are on the opposite yeah. side. Yeah. But even if you are in the same side, but you belong to a different uh, uh, gang, uh, you might also be in trouble. Yeah. It is it is it is a little bit corrupted. Uh, it's too bad. On the other hand, also I have noticed a, a change in with the Argentinian fans, which is there are sections in which now you see families and they are well protected and they are okay which is really a progress because you want the children to go to the stadium. Oh, yeah, you want them, you know, you want girls to be watching the game. We we want also boys to go and watch girls games and everything. Yeah. So it's changing just as as, as uh, talking about stories I was in Paris stuck for a few days and it was the game, you know, Liverpool Real and you got to see those uh, uh, Brits. I mean, they they were it was 10 a.m. 10 a.m. on that Saturday, they were drinking already. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, they were. Yeah, I mean, what I wouldn't. It's the same thing over here in the U.S. when they have the tailgates. Like, yeah, barbecues up, drinks are out, ready to go. You know. Yeah. Well, guys, that's all the time we have for today. I appreciate you coming on, Dimitrios. Thank you, Jaime. Thank you so much for coming. It was a pleasure having you. Same really, really great time. You've been listening. Top of the hour. On WMSC Upper Montclair. And this is Match Week. Or as usually we have a guy, his name is Jonathan Chavaria. <laughs> and every time I say that, he usually goes, Este es Match Week. <laughs> Guys, thank you for coming. I'll see you. Have a good